Hi there, welcome back to Recalibratency. Today I am here with Bart Mraz. He is the CEO of Sumo Heavy Industries. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to navigate cash flow management, especially the challenges that most agencies will face in their early years in order to keep your agency doors open. So Bar, I'm really glad to have you here. What were some of the primary challenges that you had to overcome as you got the agency off the ground? So my business partner and I started a company together and it was just on a whim. I met him through somebody else. <laughs> I met him through somebody else. Four months later, we had a company. Four months later, we lived together for about a year. So it was every day being together and then just challenges of money you know, bringing money in. I mean, the story, you know, we have one story that we just keep following, but it's, you know, we had a client that owed us about a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, we had no money, tried to do it, drove to client's site, you know, middle of the snowstorm to get 10 grand from them. And they were just not unwilling to pay us more. And we had no money. Um, and this was right before Christmas. We had payroll to do with contractors. We don't have full-time people. We still have contracts to pay. When, when we first talked to you, you shared that story with me and it it really caught me the way you described your drive back. So you, you drove through a snowstorm just to go get 10K so that you could make payroll before Christmas. And then you had to make that trek back. What ran through your head as you were driving back with at least 10% of what they owed you in hand? Uh don't kill anybody on the road because you're angry. <laughs> That's about it. Like there's nothing going through your head. You're, you're just shocked and, you know, figure out what's next. You know, are we, if we sue them, do we have to go through two years of going back and forth about stuff or say, screw it and figure out how we're going to deal with all this for a few months and then go get clients. And then when we settle all down was the next step was, or how do we never get into this trouble? Absolutely. And so what were your top intentions for how to stay out of trouble? What did you decide? Okay, this is the top two or three things that we're going to do because it fits our agency. It fits our personalities. Here's how we want to handle things moving forward. Yeah, I went a little simpler than that. I hate hourly billing. And how do we solve for that where you get these terms that are net 60, 90? Like, why are we doing this? Like, I went very simple. Um, you know, I can't walk to the bar and order a beer and tell the, the bartender, I'm going to pay you in 90 days. It doesn't happen. Right. So why am I professionally doing this with a client and giving them terms where they're making money off of that? Like all those things go through. So we started looking at different models that I've seen to see how we can actually do that. So we started with all right, we're going to sell hours, you know, two weeks ahead and then a month ahead. And there's a bucket of hours, um, every single version of that so that we can actually have money in hand without being tied into a 60 or 90 day type of thing that has to be approved. And then we have eventually ended up where we are now, which is a retainer work. And our stuff is monthly. It's a fee. We kind of figure out our own what that actually is for each client. And it's due on the first of the month, every single month that we work in. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I I'm not a proponent of hourly billing either. It, I think it might have its place in some very extenuating circumstances, but 99.9% .9 of the time, it's just not a good call. There's so many better options. What were some of the, the red flags that now you know you should have taken stock of before continuing down that path? We were working for somebody else. It was through this 
list that we're working for the end client. So that middle middle ground of it. And the problem with that was the end client was running a lot of stuff and asking for a lot of features. And we're like, yeah, sure, this is going on. And then the middle client was paying the bills and that just didn't match up. And plus being naive, we're like, this is where we're making, this is what's happening. We're like, just working through it. Eventually they were not paying. And we're like, well, this is just out of hand. So just being naive about it, understanding that there's contracts and there's things. And, and it was a huge client. So, so for us, it was like, oh my God, first year of business, we're having these huge clients. It was amazing, right? And then you go, well, I'd rather have a small client that pays the bills and a giant almost done does it. And you can't fight them because they're just bigger than you. So it's hindsight yeah. of those kind of things. We're very strict on that stuff now. There's there's some leeways on certain things. Like we have clients who've been with us for four or five years and, you know, sure, they're late five or 10 days, but it's 10 days every single month. Then I can compensate for that. Yeah, there's a level of consistency still. Oh, consistent. Right. And I can yeah. trust them. And it's always there. We have a yearly contracts with them. So I don't have to worry about it. It's always paid. We never had trouble. We do a lot of work with clients. So that's kind of consistent. And then consistent, you know, just getting paid every single month. At the end of the day, you kind of know what your year kind of looks like. Even the clients will leave and, and come back or whatever else that is, but you kind of are consistent something. It gives you a little more breathing room than just fighting for it. Plus we don't have to take everything on. Our growth path hasn't been you know, straight up, it's just nice and growth and what we can handle. And sure, I would like to be bigger, but it works for us at the moment. Steady is better than chaotic too. So finding ways to really make sure that you know what's going on, you have control of the situation, you're running your agency, not your agency running you. I think all of those are really important concepts to take note of as you're evaluating who do we want to work with, how do we want to price things? How do we want to bill for things? And you had to make that change. So when you made that change, how did you introduce your different billing model to existing clients? Uh, it wasn't existing. Eventually we transferred, you know, we took the new client and just went into retainer. And then we went to through these steps over the years of getting to the point where we can actually do one monthly retainer. So it took a while about two to three years to actually transition over to fully to doing that. And then at time we lost all the clients in the beginning and then we had new ones that just kind of came on. And that's kind of how that happens. What I would say is there's a way to do hourly right. And I know a few people that do it properly. And I mean that by they get paid every single week. And there's our side. The way agencies get in trouble is the middle ground where they kind of mix all these things together because it makes no sense. So I say retainer stuff works for us because a we're in e-commerce business and it's constant there's changes all the time and every client is in e every client is on a retainer i don't think we could we could do we can do hourly but i think mixing a lot of these things get you in trouble <laughs> well that's such a good point because there is this idea that well maybe if i try this way and this way and this way one of them or all of them will work out and it'll be fine. But what you're really doing is creating this weird situation where you're juggling instead of managing. Mm -hmm. um, so taking a stance on something and just nailing that into how your company operates is more important than the thing itself. Is that kind of your perspective? Yeah. So funny enough, for a long time, I mean, it took us forever to get the language right, the way we talk about it. People still fight us on it. Right. Because most of this industry, when it comes to digital, are still used to hourly, which makes no sense to me. Sure, hours, hourly price could be the same, but the hour that's spent on something is different. But people are still used to it, which is 
crazy. So they all ask for hourly or project rate. It, it has changed over years and it's such a more mature business than it used to be. You have to change with the times of it. What I'm liking in the past two years or so is people are going to retainer models and they're doing and pitching that way. And they're pitching discoveries, paid discoveries a lot more and people are accepting them, which has been a good thing. Yeah. I'm super excited about that trend as well. Cause discovery and strategy is such a meaty part of anything that an agency does and it's been given away for so long and it's it's definitely valuable. What tips would you give to other agency owners who are struggling with that same problem of clients want hourly billing and there's this friction? What advice do you have for how to approach that conversation with clients? It's tricky, right? Everybody tries to get to the whole value pricing. It's a little hard in agency sometimes and how you do that, but you can give them three different pricings with three different models and that gives them an option, right? You can play with those models and try to get that data points of where that's hitting really well. Sometimes it's just going to be like, nope, this is how we work. This is how it should be. And here's the value we provide. If, if it doesn't work for you, you don't go with us. And that's harder to do when you're starting out and trying to take everything on and everything else. And that happens. And we've definitely lost clients or potential clients because we're very strict on this is how we work. And it throws people off completely because you're comparing five different agencies and four of them are hourly giving me hours. And we're like, well, that's not how we work. It throws them off. What's funny about it is we've had clients where worked with two different agencies. They were hourly. We were doing it. They're like, and the client after two months are like, I will never do hourly ever again. I want this way of doing things. It's just being confident enough to say those things. And we have that with, you know, raising prices and raise stuff like that. Sometimes my team will be like, we think it's going to cost this. When I send it, I'll double it and just send it out and not tell them. It's kind of funny how that works sometimes. And the client will just sign it. But that's just being confident. Of, this is what has to be said. And holding your ground. You're in control of the situation. It's not in control of you. And just going in with that mindset. So. Does anything related to your documentation process and that structure carry over into how you approach looking at cash flows, looking at project runways, and how much margin you do have in your operating expenses? And what does that all look like for you guys? That usually starts really quickly when you do a client. Because of a retainer, we know where our margins look like all the time. We try to run at a certain level at all times, which is just tricky. But because if you look at it, we converted the whole company pretty much into fixed expenses. Everybody's salaries or our contractors, they're all, you know, monthly bills. Things come in every single month, things go out and it's very structured. Once we get a client, I set up in our system, it goes out every single month, things come in. I don't have to worry about it unless something is happening. Um, You don't have any overhead to manage hours either. There's not, right. There's no overhead. I just don't want to do admin work. You know, when we get a client, we put in our system. I don't have to worry about it unless, like I said, unless it's not coming in, I have to call them. I don't have to spend hours every single month or every other week, whatever that is to put them in. And and the thing about hours too, is we had a client where there's a bucket of hours and they challenged us on it. They went back and they looked at, well, why'd you take, how, why did did this take this long? Why does this take this long? We're like, that's how long it took. It didn't matter. Trying to audit hours that way is interesting. And I never want to go through that because it's just wasting time. Like I'm not getting paid for that. Right. Different activities that you deliver have different values. Different team members have different values and how much they can contribute. And when you're structured with hourly billing, there's no incentive to become more efficient at something, which is bad for you and it's bad for the client. Everyone's losing. Bingo. For us, 
we have to be efficient. If you're structured the way we are for monthly, the faster we do stuff, the more money we make, or we can do more work. And that's a value thing to your client every time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and it adds value for your employees, right? Because when you deliver more efficiently, you can take on more projects, you can do more work, you can increase their salaries, and then they make more at the end of the day too. And and like I said, you're more valuable to clients just exploding that. So it all ties together. Are we as efficient all the time? No. Are we leaving some money on the table in the beginning? Sure. We leave some money in the beginning, but when you have clients for years, eventually that stuff evens out and you still win on top of that. One of the reasons I like this is that I take away the financial conversation from the project people. Let them do the job. Our side knows when it's over where it should be and just too much to it. And every month is not even. Like it goes up and down, right? Sometimes we win some of the client, but it evens out at the end. But that's the beauty of this is that we know when to be like, hey, we need to increase this. Or a client comes to us, like, can we do this faster? Without having the project worry about the budget or worry about the conversation about money, let them do the work. And I look at it as the work is so much better because there's you can be, hey, we can do all these things. And then we're just managing that on our back. Yeah, you're actually looking at ways to delight your clients instead of dedicating your account manager and project manager's time towards how do we keep this within the allotted time that we have to spend on this, you know? I, I feel like projects, sometimes when you do hourly, you run out of time and like, you got to ask the client for more time. And like, that's the why you do pay discoveries for longer to understand the whole project. I never understood how you can get on a phone call with somebody. And we've had this happen where a client goes, well, somebody else talked to us for 20 minutes, gave us a price. I'm like, but what's the, what are you doing? Like, I always go to like the building side of it, right? If I was building a house and somebody goes, well, I just needed a bathroom. But then at the end of it, they're expecting like this gorgeous golden bathroom and stuff like that. And then I just put in an outhouse because you wanted a bathroom. Yeah. There's a difference in the architecture and the approach. A shop that can deliver a full price at the end of a 20 minute conversation, it's templatized. It's not customized. It's not personalized. Yeah. It's probably not going to be functional at the end of the project either. And we'll need more work done at the end. There's just so many things that go wrong uh, in those scenarios. Right. And it's the funny part about is that, you know, our price would be like double of that because we're like, yeah, this is what it's going to be probably. Um, Even if I guess on it, um, but I need to go through this process. And then eventually they come back two years later going, oh my God, this was a terror experience. I had to pay triple what I was quoted. I'm like, because you didn't go through a process. Who builds who builds a house without going blueprints? No one, because the city planners make you have them. <laughs> Bingo. And that's but why. you know what I mean? Like the same, that's example, right? Like who builds a house with a blueprint? You have to plan it out. Even if you're a blueprint, you still got to plan it out. Exactly. Yeah. When it comes to cash flow, managing cash flow. There's agency owners out there that are dealing with lots of variable costs. Nothing is the same every month. They're just trying to figure out how to make it all work. What's your biggest tip for how to get everything into a fixed cost approach for managing cash flows? Oh boy. Um, It's a lot of years and being very, very structured about it. To be honest, I think because we said we're going to only do monthly things, everything fell in place. We have a lot of contractors in one business, but we're structured on a monthly retainer with them because we were like, no, we're going to work this way. And it's very monthly structured. So I would say if you're using contractors, work with them to say, hey, I want your wholesale rate, but I'm giving you a whole month worth of work. 
or whatever that is, or three months, and you're always going to be employed for it. There's ways of doing that. But trying to have everything and watch what you're spending on software or everything else you work with. We go through this process every quarter that we look at everything we're spending. Do we need it? Do we not need it? My gut in a lot of situations is that there are higher technology and software fees it's this weird bloat category in a lot of agencies because it's like the shiny syndrome. Like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. It does this thing. And then we won't have to do this. And it's just amazing. And you sign up for it. And then you've got this monthly expense happening. You don't actually integrate it into your operations and your day-to-day workflow. And it never gets used, but you're paying for it. And it's just draining your bank account. I play with a lot of new tech all the time. Uh, I get yelled at for all the time, but we're mindful about it. But I definitely get yellow for all that. I'm the guy who goes, oh, look at this thing and it works. And it's usually just for like my side of the company. It's not for them. I have the opposite problem with those guys is that will it make good job easier? Yes. Well, then get it. Some agencies, they'll have like a running document where people can make a note of something they think would be really helpful for their job. And then they'll do team meetings and review the different items and evaluate which ones get added. Do you do anything like that? The production team does a lot of that work. Um, But there's something things we found lately that kind of work for us. But then you go back and you're like, oh, where we're spending, why we're paying 10 bucks for this and never use it. So we try to cancel as much as we can. Yeah, definitely. Super great stuff here, Bart. I appreciate you sharing. Uh, You've had some lows, you've had some highs. You're at a really good place with your agency right now, which is awesome, but it, it takes time. You've worked on building structure, having the right team in place and making sure you have an eye on how you price and manage billing and look at your cash flows. And all of that has gone a long way for you guys. So I appreciate you sharing um, as well. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to other agency leaders out there? Don't be afraid to ask and find same kind of people that you can talk to at all times and then have help with. Like the Bureau is definitely one of the greatest things we've been part of. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's super great. Um, Bart's talking about the Bureau of Digital and it's a really great collective of agency owners, members of teams, just so many different roles, so many different types of agencies. There's a lot of variety and a lot of good insight there. And to Bart for really diving into the not so fun parts of running an agency and having to deal with cash flow, having tough conversations with clients, really working out and ironing out a good procedure for pricing and billing within your own agency based off of the services that you're providing. You need to get your cash flow management process in place from the beginning. This will allow you to prevent painful situations like the one that Bart experienced where he was delivering on a $100,000 project and only received $10,000. And that was when he had to drive through a snowstorm right before Christmas, just in order to make payroll. So avoid those situations by getting cash flow management processes in place. You don't have to do late payment terms. You don't have to do 60, 90 day payment terms. You can do payment on invoice delivery. You can do pay upfront. Those are all valid options. Don't be afraid of getting paid for what you're doing before you do it. The second observation I wanna make is that in general, hourly billing helps no one. So when you're looking at it from your internal team and agency perspective, you're actually creating extra headache, extra overhead that you have to mitigate in creative ways or take on more work. You're not incentivizing them to be more efficient uh, and you're creating friction with clients. You have a trust gap that you're trying to bridge each and every day with clients and hourly billing does not 
actually bridge that trust gap. In fact, it makes it wider most of the time because you have a lot of things going on behind the scenes that maybe they don't know about and they just, they don't know what it's like. That's why they hired you. And so you can have resentment. You can have weird emotional things built up with clients that don't see everything that's going on behind the scenes that you're delivering on, but then they see the bill at the end and it might be different than what they expected. And so you're creating friction there. So that's it for today on Recalibrate where we're hearing stories from marketing leaders and agency owners about how to deal with the trials and triumphs that come with agency life. I'm your host, Daniel Soto, and that's all for today.